I invite you to open your Bible with me, if you will, to Ephesians chapter 3, where we will be reading together in just a few moments. We're going to have a variety of scriptures projected on the screen behind me, but here and there, I'll try and give you plenty of time to open your Bible. We want to hear from God, our Father who is in heaven this morning. It is His words that are to be more desired than gold. It is His words, His wisdom, that is indeed worth more than gold, whether I choose to desire it or not. And so it is my privilege to invite you to open up this gold mine this morning. And invite you to listen just as surely as I am listening to our Father in heaven. What He has told us this morning. We're so glad that you're here. As has been mentioned, we have a number of guests with us. Welcome. We're so thankful that you are able to spend this time with us at the beginning of this week. There is nothing that will help us set the tone for this week that God is giving us than by singing, praying, remembering, and studying from God's Word together. In the heart of His Word, we read this wise statement. Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 21. Many are the plans in the mind of a man. Many are the missions in minds of men and women. You look around us today, many are the mission statements of men and women today. I spent a little bit of time a couple of days ago just Googling the, the best, most famous mission statements and these were the ones that bubbled up to the list from leading corporations in the, the, the western part of our world. We hear, for instance, JetBlue defined their mission with this mission statement to inspire humanity both in the air and on the ground. And if you're going to be hopping on an airplane sometime this week, you appreciate mission statements like that, right? You can find easily the mission statement of Tesla that is defined by Elon Musk and his friends as to accelerate the world's transition to sustainable energy. Many of you on the business front are connected via LinkedIn who defines its mission statement as to connect the world's professionals to make them more productive and successful. Many of you use PayPal who has defined its mission as to build the web's most convenient, secure, cost-effective payment solution. Many of you, perhaps some of you even this morning, are wearing something with a swoosh that is one of the most famous, most recognizable symbols in all of the world. The, the Nike swoosh that it, it defines its mission, Nike does, as to bring inspiration and innovation 
to every athlete in the world. We appreciate corporations and collectives with clear missions. Someone, I guarantee you, perhaps a, a collection of highly paid someones, spent a lot of time crafting down to every single syllable what the missions of these big corporations really are. Many are the plans in the mind of a man. But, would you spend the next few minutes listening right along with me to someone much more important than Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or Bill Gates or Steve Jobs or anybody else that, that you think is worth listening to here and there. We want to listen to someone who didn't have a beginning. Who didn't grow up and make mistakes and mature and learn from good and bad, wise and foolish choices. This morning we want to listen to our Creator who tells us right in the heart of His Word. There are many plans in your minds and have been for thousands of years. But you need to understand, He continues to say, it is my purpose. It is the purpose of I am who I am that will stand. And so, two weeks ago, we spent some time in Ephesians chapter 3. If your Bible is open there, you can read it from your own copy of God's Word in verse 11. There might be many plans in the mind of a man but what we're talking about this morning, this is according to an eternal purpose. This is a purpose that has always been. This is a purpose that cannot be dented by any economy or flux in world authorities or rulers. This is a purpose that will extend into eternity. There isn't any need for any sustainable energy to fuel this purpose. This is God's purpose. His eternal purpose that we're not hoping for, we're not wishing for. It is an eternal purpose that He has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord. We've been exploring it over the last couple of weeks as God's church, God's work, God's way. So, what's our mission? A, a mission not defined by the most powerful men and women on earth. A, a mission not defined by any human board or committee or president or prime minister. Not defined by anyone in this auditorium this morning. Anyone who has ever sat in this auditorium or any other auditorium and then gone the way of all the earth. We're talking about what's been defined by the head of his church. 
what's our mission? Our mission is to make disciples of Jesus. You might keep a a hand or a marker there in Ephesians. We're going to come back there. Would you go with me to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 28? I don't want you to take my word for it this morning. Let's allow God, let's just listen to God and allow Him to remind us what our mission is. We had a great few days last month where we listened in as The mission of discipleship was talked to us over the course of four days. What it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Disciples honor God and disciples learn from God and disciples love like God and disciples lead others to God all while abiding in God's Word. Well, that that sounds good, but can the the founder verify that for us because I mean if you go into the headquarters of Tesla and you convince all of the employees to install shake machines and grills for hamburgers the time's going to come eventually where you've got a meeting perhaps with the founder himself who will say listen (laughs) that's all well and good and if you'd like to do that down the street that's between you and somebody else but that's that's not our mission and I'm here to tell you that as the founder and so can the founder verify that for us this morning is your Bible open there to Matthew 28 look at verse 18 Matthew chapter 28 verse 18 where Jesus freshly risen from the dead says all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Is he qualified to tell us what our mission is? There's never been and never will be anyone more qualified. And he says go. If we were reading in the original language of scripture, we would understand that he's saying go and as you go, Make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, he he wants to make sure we haven't tuned out yet. Behold, I am with you always. Even in... 221 A.D., I'm with you always. Even in 1221 A.D., I'm with you always. Even in 2021 A.D., listen to the glorified Son of God as He says, I am with you always To the end of the age. What's our mission? Our mission is to make disciples. Well, disciples from whom? Do we get to define that? No. Let's listen to the founder. You make disciples from all of the nations. Well, using what do we get to define that? Is your hand still 
marker there in Ephesians chapter 3. Would you go back with me where we were to Ephesians chapter 3 verse 7? What do we use to make disciples? Well, let's, let's, let's allow one who was personally commissioned by the Lord to answer that question for us. We use this gospel. Ephesians 3 verse 7, of this gospel I was made a minister, Paul says, according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me by the working of the founder's power, his power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone from whom do we make disciples all nations everyone needs to see the light of this plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God you see we're talking about our mission defined by God's manifold wisdom and when we depend on God's wisdom and not our own many are the plans in the mind of a man but it's God's purpose that will stand and when we allow when we're humble enough to rely on his wisdom something happens something is made known not just here on earth, but to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Many are the plans in the mind of a man. But this, this was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in not another human being, not in ourselves, not in our collective human projects. Our faith is in Him. Our mission is to make disciples. From whom? All nations. Using what? This gospel. How? Listen to the founder. It's not up to us to decide how we make disciples if our mission is to make disciples of Jesus now if our great goal is to make disciples of ourselves or some United States political candidate or some school board member or some CEO across the river whatever it is well the sky's the limit let's get our minds together and come up with the best and the brightest ideas we can possibly make. But you see, our mission is to make disciples of Jesus. And he's told us how to do it. Is he worth listening to? He's got all authority in heaven and on earth. And he tells us, I want you to go and I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And so it is no mistake, no coincidence, the first time this gospel is proclaimed and people are cut to the heart, they ask, what should we do? And the door is not shut on their face. The mission is make disciples of all nations using this gospel. How? 
Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is a promise of the Founder. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves. This is a choice that you have to make. You are not made a disciple when you're too young to make a choice. You're not made a disciple just by listening to some eloquent words. You've got to determine whether or not I'm going to turn away from sin and be baptized in the name of this incredible founder who established his mission when he had been raised from the dead. So those who received his word were baptized and there were added that day about three thousand souls well is that all that the founder told us to do go with this gospel baptize people mission accomplished no that's that's not where the founder left the mission he said go and as you are going baptize them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit teaching them how are disciples made They turn from sin, they're reunited with God in baptism, and then they enter into a glorious lifelong project of learning, being taught all that Jesus, the founder, has commanded. And so can you open your Bible with me to Acts chapter 2, if you're not there already? Acts chapter 2, we mentioned earlier, verses 37 through 41 or so. Look at how the first, very first disciples, what they did. How they lived. What was important to them? Acts chapter 2, verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles teaching what's our mission to make disciples of Jesus but that's not where the mission ends if we stay even right there in Acts chapter 2 verse 42 what's our mission to make disciples and to embody this teaching as a Christ-formed Family. It's not just theoretical teachings floating around on the sound waves. I I hear it. I'm convicted by it. I, I want to be a part of this. And I hear that anybody can get in on this if they do what the founder told them to do. But it's not just something in my head. It is something that comes to be embodied in my life. It lives In and through me. And so in Acts 2 verse 42 we read they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and the fellowship. They were devoted to something that was 
larger than themselves. Well, how? What, what did that look like? Well, it looked like helping their brothers and sisters in Christ who were in need. And so we keep reading in Acts chapter 2, verse 44. All who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Or a page or two over in Acts chapter 4. You look at verse 32. Acts 4 and verse 32. Now the full number of those who believed, they were disciples. And it wasn't just teaching rattling around in their heads. They were of one heart and soul. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. He continues in verse 34. There was not a needy person among them. For as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds to, of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to each as any had need. Uh, we can read later on in passages like 1 Timothy 5 and verse 16. Uh, under the guidance of apostles. Of Jesus Christ, themselves commissioned by the one with all authority. Roger and I perhaps will, will dig into this context later on in one of our chair series discussions. But I want you to notice right now just the big picture. 1 Timothy 5 and verse 16. If a believing woman has relatives who are widows, let her care for them. Let the church, listen to this. Let the church not be burdened. Tesla doesn't sell tennis shoes. Why? Because their mission is to accelerate the world's transition to sustainable energy. And I've got to believe in the, the, the million dollar, billion dollar mind of Mr. Musk. He believes that rubber soles of tennis shoes would burden the mission of his corporation. Nike doesn't work to make sure you have the easiest experience sending money with your phone to somebody else. No, their, their mission is to make athletic gear. We don't walk into the headquarters of LinkedIn trying to order a quarter pounder and chocolate milkshake. And we respect, we applaud focused corporations. Let's be humble enough to listen to the founder of his church when he says, you've got a mission. Let the church not be burdened so that it may care for those who are truly 
widows. And so you open your Bible with me, for instance, to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we hear how this is worked out under the guidance of inspired apostles of the founder of his church. You, you listen to how the mission is described in just a small context. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 24. God has so composed the body. Well, it's, it belongs to him. He's, he's the founder giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. What's our mission? To embody this teaching as a Christ-formed family. You go a few pages with me before to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. And perhaps here's the one that maybe initially rubs us the wrong way just a little. So far, all right, if, if this is where forgiveness of sins is found, I'm certainly interested in that. I've got a heart for caring for other people. And certainly would like to be cared for if, if my life gets turned upside down. But you know... A part of what it means to, to embody this teaching as a Christ-formed family? I need accountability. And you need accountability. And so again, just grazing off of a context in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 9. Paul says, I, I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people, not at all meaning the sexually immoral of this world or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters. Since then, you would need to go out of the world. But now I am writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of a brother if he's guilty of sexual immorality or greed or is an idolater, reviler, drunkard, or swindler, not even to eat with such a one. For what have I to do with judging outsiders? Great question. That's not our mission. That wasn't the mission of the Apostle Paul. This world has a judge, and it's not me, and it's not you. And that judge died so that we would be ready to stand before him with all of our transgressions and treason forgiven. He came as Savior, but he has promised over and over and over again, he is coming as judge. Our job, our mission is not to judge people out there. But you know what a part of our mission is? To hold each other accountable. To love each other enough to say, brother, sister, we are to be children of the light. Our Father, our, our King is light and in Him is no darkness at all. But you're saying you have fellowship with Him and yet you're walking in darkness. And if I understand what's going on correctly, and I'd love to talk with you about it, I'm afraid you're lying. And you're not practicing the truth, but, 
If we walk in the light as he is in the light, you remember what those first Christians were devoted to? They were devoted to the fellowship. They held each other accountable. Because they all wanted to get to heaven together by the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all sins. What's our mission? Our mission is to embody this teaching as a Christ-formed family. Is your Bible still marked in Ephesians chapter 3? Go quickly with me to Ephesians chapter 3. What's our mission? Our mission is to worship the God of this eternal purpose. Again, let's... Don't take my word for it. Let's read together Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 14. Verse 14 of Ephesians 3. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. It's where we're drawing disciples of Jesus from all nations. That according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints. What is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. To him be glory. What's our mission in the church? To him be glory. In the church and in Christ Jesus, who fulfilled his purpose, does this extend all the way to us or are we in the age of innovation? No, this extends throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And so you know what those very first disciples of Jesus did? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching because our mission is to make disciples of Jesus. And our mission is to embody this teaching in a Christ-formed family. And so they were devoted to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread, even as we've done this morning. And the prayers. They knew their mission was to worship the God of this eternal purpose in spirit and in truth. The founder told us so. And so it is no wonder that an inspired apostle would write to a young evangelist and say, listen, you need to understand this isn't about you, it's not about me. This is about God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and support of the truth. And so in God's infinite wisdom, we gather together and we speak truth. We sing truth. We pray truth. We remember truth. We listen to truth. All while abiding in God's word. You see, that's our mission. To worship the God of this eternal purpose. One more verse. Would you go back with me to Ephesians, this time chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. What's our mission? 
Our mission is to equip saints for service. Our mission is to equip saints for the work of ministry. What did this founder do? Ephesians 4 verse 11. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. For building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. To mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather... You remember what we do? We speak truth. We speak the truth in love. And grow up in every way into Him who is the head, the founder. Into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Well, what about and we'll give some voice to those whatabouts over the course of the next few Sunday nights. But while it's fresh on our minds and hopefully clear in the words of the founder, what, what about building a baseball diamond and sponsoring a softball team? I love softball. But that's not our mission. What about building a hospital or a family health clinic? We could do a lot of good. That, there's a lot of good work that happens in hospitals and health clinics. But that's not our mission. What, this is a big parking lot out here. What about renting out this parking lot Monday through Saturday? You know, we could probably make a fair amount of money or build an apartment building next door, fund that, kind of have that as our own to use, whatever way we choose to do. That's, that's not our mission. What about teaching math and science? Don't you believe in the, the power and the value of education? Absolutely, but... But that's not our mission. What about sponsoring, hosting, giving a, a platform to some political candidate that we're really enthused about? Well, more power to you as an individual citizen of the United States of America. But that's not our mission. We have a king. And he tells us. What our mission is. You know, this is a big room. We could dim these lights. We, we got a big screen. What about renting this out for Friday night movies? We could make some money. Probably could. But that's not our mission. Let's let the Lord's church be the Lord's church. Because I want you to listen to me very carefully. 
What if humanity is inspired on the ground and in the air unlike we've ever been before? Great. And what if this world is completely transitioned to clean, sustainable energy? Awesome. And what if all of the world's professionals can connect and be productive and more successful than they've ever been in the history of humanity? Fantastic. And what if we come up with just the most amazing, convenient payment solution. You can just move money at, at just a thought, and it's secure, and you never have to worry about it. Great. And what if every athlete in the world wears your brand and is better equipped to break more records than anybody could ever imagine? Wonderful. Do you know what we haven't talked about yet? You being ready to see Jesus. You being ready, this world being ready, to stand before Jesus. Because ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, this is the end. Fear God. Keep His commandments. Because judgment is coming. There are people with souls that will spend eternity somewhere who are not ready to meet Jesus. So let's let everything else be everything else and let's let the Lord's church be the Lord's church. Let's allow Him to define the mission and realize His brilliance that this doesn't depend upon a place, this doesn't depend upon a building, this doesn't depend on a personality. The Lord's church in this place thrives long enough with God's help by His grace. That personality will be gone. And so will this one. But it doesn't depend on a human personality. This is the Lord's purpose. This is God's church. God's work. God's way. You got questions about that? We would love to talk with you. We'd, we'd love for you to be back here this evening at 5 o'clock where we dig down deep into real practical questions of, okay, how do we make disciples? What can we do? Does it matter how we do it? We hope, hope that you'll join us. But this morning we want to sing an invitation song that focuses on you and God and and. Just that. God is calling. God is calling people who know better, who have wandered away from Him. And God is calling all nations to be reconciled to Him by the blood of His Son. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you're ready to answer that call and leave this room this morning a disciple of Jesus in harmony with God's eternal purpose. Would you let us know how we can help you by coming to the front of this room while we stand and sing together?